Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. So first off, thanks for everybody that responded on last week's episode. I know Billy was very excited to do it, and I think we got a lot of good information out there. Now, after we put that one out, a lot of the comments were people asking more questions about different pest control type issues. So what we'll probably do is give it a couple weeks, collect a few more of them, have her back on for part of the show to go over some of these. Even after the fact, while we were walking, we are going over the whole thing, and she's like, we never talked about carpenter bees, which is another thing that freaks people out, or yellow jackets, because if they get into the house, it could be a problem. So we will go back and revisit that. And I, again, it's great having such a good resource, an excellent resource for that in my own home. It's been great having her to be able to bounce things off because she knows what she's talking about. She's been doing this for a long time. And I think coming from an angle where obviously we've kept inverts for many, many, many years, she has that mindset where she's thinking about how could things affect inverts? How could using this possibly negatively impact tarantulas or spiders or whatever it is you may be keeping? So we will definitely have her back on. I've already got like five or six questions from people posted on my YouTube page and comments and some emails. So we'll definitely get back to those in the future. The other thing I want to mention is if folks haven't seen it yet, I got invited by Petco from the Dark Den to give my two cents about water dishes, which I was incredibly grateful for because anybody that follows either my videos or the podcast knows what a huge proponent I am of water dishes. I honestly struggle to understand why people wouldn't include them in the first place. I have a whole script written for that water dish video. I just keep getting new videos and images every day from folks showing their tarantulas drinking and that's the only thing that held me back and then I had a hard drive go down and apparently I didn't back the stuff up so I lost stuff it's just been a nightmare but him by Petco having me come on a I I it became very clear that we don't necessarily agree on the topic and I've known that for a while but to have me come on his video and give my two cents and he was incredibly respectful about it. I thought that was a huge, a hugely classy move on his behalf because he didn't have to do that. He could have just said his two cents and let it go. But he had myself and a tarantula cat on to kind of talk about it. And I took a hard stance that I, and I've said this many, many times. I just don't see the issue for it. I guess with him, it was more an aesthetics thing. He does do a lot more naturalistic enclosures now and he doesn't like the way they look. And so I, I thought that was interesting to find out, but it was really good of him to get me out there because it got my message out there to a lot more people than I would have reached through my channel. So huge thank you to him for that. And if you haven't checked out, check it out. It's kind of a cool video. And, uh, you know, again, I think it was neat. Not just the video was neat, but the comment section was neat. Now, granted, there are folks out there that I had to really, it's not my channel, it's not my place, but I had to hold back my tongue because they were coming out with just rather moronic <laughs> as far as I'm concerned reasons for not putting a dish in there and just not wanting to know like some still seem to think they won't use them and um but it was there was a good discussion there was a lot of folks that came out and said yes I do use them I don't see why you wouldn't so again it's one of those topics I don't understand why it's so controversial for me it's very black and white and I'm usually not a very black and white uh, thinker especially when it comes to tarantulas and I guess obviously I have to concede always that there are people out there that keep them for years or have kept them for years without water dishes and they survive so that is their evidence that they don't quote unquote need them but my point has always been do they necessarily need them no we know we can keep them without them but are they really thriving are we depriving them in some instances of a chance to rehydrate are we depriving them of that I don't know security blanket when it comes pre-molt time and they need extra moisture yes I think we are if we're not giving them water dishes so thank you to Petco a huge thank you to Petco for having me on it was awesome being able to do it I had to put it together rather quickly and I was freaking out because that's why I realized I lost a bunch of my footage for the tarantulas drinking, but I think I managed to get my point across in a way that wasn't condescending and kind of putting it out there in, in a way that it was like, this is my opinion. This is my line of thinking on it. Here are some images of them drinking. Drinking. How do you see that and not give them the opportunity? And I purposely picked uh, several species that were considered to be arid species, including the queen, including an OBT that were out there guzzling away in the water, even though that, that would be a species that you'd say you just sprinkle water on the web or not give them anything at all. So that was awesome. Really cool of him. And uh, hopefully we won some more people over to this side of the argument. Again, there's going to be people that always dig in. It was very evident by reading the comments that they're just going to follow whoever they think is the top dog as far as YouTube's concerned. And if they say they don't need them, they don't need them. And, and I get it, I guess. But I do think there are some people that may, will probably see that video and hopefully go, you know what? They're right. What? How long does it really take to put a water dish in there? So with that in mind, there will be a future episode that I'm kind of planning where we talk about 
moisture for tarantulas and creating a system that works because one thing that didn't come out in the video is the fact that I don't just use water dishes. I think people think that when you say you use water dishes, you just drop in a water dish, you don't do anything else. We don't talk about moist substrate, you know, dribbling water on the web, spraying the size of the enclosure for arboreals before bedtime. So we'll go over all of that in a future episode. However, for the main portion of this episode for today, we're going to have a little fun. I don't do these fun ones very often. I try to keep things educational, but every once in a while, it's fun to just, you know, throw something out there, an interesting topic, one that people might ask about and that doesn't necessarily have educational value, although I'll probably try to sprinkle some little nuggets of education in as I go over. But this one was kind of came from, I was talking to a coworker about my tarantula collection and I told him, obviously, how many I have. And he said, do you have any favorites? Are there any specific ones that you just really gravitate towards or really like? Or is it just they're all just spiders and you, and you go in there and take care of them? It was a really good question. And it got me thinking about it. And I was like, hey, I haven't done a list of my favorite tarantulas in a while. Now, one thing I try to do now, I'm a lot more careful of now that we've been doing the podcast. For our, we're on our sixth year. Sometimes I get these really great ideas. And I go back through my whole podcast library and go, yeah, it was a really great idea four years ago, five years ago, six years ago. It's something I already covered. And sometimes it'll be a, a topic that is like, there's no point in revisiting that. I, I'll go back and listen to it and go, you know what? I don't have anything new to add on. Sometimes there's things I go back and listen to and go, you know what? I do things differently now. That's something we can cover again and we, we update it. So I, it's not laziness on my part. Believe me, I check it. It always comes down to my keeping evolves. So therefore, I should point out when something has evolved. But in this case, I went back and I found that back in November 12, 2018, so pre-pandemic, many, many years ago, I did my top... Uh, 15 favorite tarantulas and then I smartly put for now because I knew that this was something that would change over the years that it would be it might be something that I would revisit and I do think it's fun to do these lists every once in a while now I have to get a couple points out of the way right off the bat number one out of all the tarantula species I've kept and tarantulas I've kept and I think I'm up past having kept 150 species I've, there isn't one that I walked away from said, I don't like this tarantula. People have asked me, can you do a list of the top 10 worst tarantulas ever? No, I can't because I really don't find, I haven't kept anything that I went, eh, I didn't like it. I won't do it again. There's some that it's a one and done for me. Like I enjoyed keeping them, but they didn't really catch on to the point where I feel like I, I always need one in my collection. There are, there's one species in particular that people love that for a while I didn't like that I'm actually a fan of now. Um, there's another genus that I will never say which genus it is that I know people love, but I don't keep a lot of them because I, I enjoy the ones I have. I love the ones I have, but they're just not my cup of tea. But I, there's never been one I didn't like, honestly. So these are really difficult for me because even while I was putting this list together, my first list consisted of about 35 of them. I was trying to get it down to 15. And a lot of times I like whole genera of tarantulas. We've talked, I talked ad nauseum about how much I love Pisolotheria species. I love Formictibus species. I'm a huge Somopius fan, like I, there's so many, uh, there's so many different genera of tarantulas that I just love them all. So this is really difficult for me. So what I tried to do is take a slightly different take on it this time. I'm going to go for specific tarantulas in the collection. So for some of these, I may have two or three of them. It's certain spiders that just, I don't know, I adore. I When I go to feed them, there's always that special extra fuzzy feeling, if you can say that. When they molt, I'm always extra excited. They're just the spiders, and I hope people understand this. We all have ones that we like, we enjoy, but then there's, there's certain few that we just have an extra attachment to. These are like the ones that if I had to right now limit it, to 50, oh my god, I don't even want to put it this way, but if I had to limit it to 15, these would most likely be at this moment in time, the ones I would keep. So I tried to really look at the ones that I just have a special place in my heart. The other point I want to make very clear is this is just a list of my personal favorite specimens that I keep. So this could be totally different than somebody else's. Just because a spider doesn't make it on this list doesn't mean I don't like the spider. And I can tell you right now, just going back through this, I'm recognizing species or spiders that I left off that I'm sure people are going to go, I can't believe this one wasn't on it. And just remember, this is for fun. And if I do this list again, I, it would probably be totally different. I will say what I did this time, which is something that I haven't done before, is I made my list without going back and listening to the last one. So I know what we'll do is at the end of the podcast, I'm going to take a break for a little bit. I'm going to go back through the old podcast and do write down the ones that I had listed there. And I'm sure there's going to be ones on that that I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I forget about this one? But what I did was kind of take a mental tour of my tarantula room when I sat down and wrote this, thought about you know who I feed, who I, I'm always excited to pull out, 
what is this one doing right now? How's this one? How's this one keeping up? Is this one molted? And that's where my list came from. So the the good news is I'm I have a funny feeling that between this one and the last one, I'll probably have covered close to 30 spiders because I don't know how much overlap there's going to be. We'll find out after we get to the end of it and I go back through it. The bad news is as soon as I commit this to the MP4 and upload it, I am going to have regrets about it. It happens every single time. It's one of the reasons I don't do a lot of these lists. They're fun, and I do enjoy doing them, and they're kind of like brain teasers, but at the end of the day, they mean nothing. So it's just kind of my fun way of going, these are some of the spiders I keep in my collection that I absolutely love. So let's start off. Let's just work backwards, and I'll be honest. I did play around with the order a bit, but in the grand scheme of things, the top two or three are the big ones that, like, that. that isn't going to bother. Those are, like, my three favorites right now. But all the rest of them, they could easily bounce around. So let's just get that out there. It's not a true I, – I think one of the reasons I don't do a lot of top 10 lists or top 15 lists is they're kind of silly, honestly. There's nothing really to back this up, just that I put a list together, kind of reordered them. This is what I started off with. So I'm going to go with it, although as I'm looking through these, I just realize four different spiders, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, how did I leave those off the list? So I'm already regretting it, and I haven't even started it yet. So number 15, I recently got into Zenestis species. That's fairly recently, about three years ago. Billy got me my first, I think, two and a half, three years ago, and immediately fell in love with the whole genus. They're just amazing spiders. Not only are they good looking as slings, not only are they huge as slings, but they grow super fast. They hit four or five inches easily within a year, and the adults are stunning. There is so much love about these, and obviously, I'm a huge fan of the large terrestrial tarantulas, Formictopus, Pamphibedius, Theraphosa, uh, Cerakopelma. So when I got these guys, they fit that bill. That's something I just love big, large spiders. It's Tom's Big Spiders, for crying out loud. So that immediately attracted me to them. And they've definitely become one of my favorites. And if I had to pick a favorite right now, I'm going to go with Zenestis Species Blue. I have one that is a sex female that is absolutely stunning. I thought with the Zenestis Species Blue, the blue would be a more subtle blue, but especially after, it's like almost any species, especially right after a molt, it's very, very vibrant and you get it under the right light. They have the, the purplish carapaces, those dark legs, they're just stunning, stunning spiders. And mine have been fairly visible, which has been great. I have been giving my Zanesta species more room to burrow. When I first got them, I gave them room to burrow. And then when I put them into their juvenile enclosures, they were kind of shallow. So they were able to burrow just a little bit, but they immediately, they put on a lot of size and it just, there wasn't enough room for them to do what they needed to do. And some of them filled in their burrows. So now I've got them in stuff that they can actually burrow into. And this girl is just beautiful. I posted a picture of her on Instagram a little while back if you want to check it out. And she's just a stunning spider. So size blue. I'm not the, I have to admit, I, I, I like blue spiders. I love blue spiders, but it's, I, I don't want to say blue's gotten old and I'm sure somebody will get upset and send me a picture. How could you say this looks old of some beautiful blue spider? But just as I spend more time in the hobby, I realize blue isn't as uncommon as I used to think it was. And so not that I'm saying I don't love blue spiders. I love blue spiders, but it's just not the novelty is worn off a bit. So, but when it came down to it, when I looked at the different species I have, and this could change when they put on more size, but that blue and the contrast to the pinkish on the carob is just a stunning spider. So for number 15 right now, my female Zanesta species blue, she's probably pushing about six inches, big girl, and absolutely adore her. Now, for number 14, this one bounced around a little bit. She's obviously one of my all-time favorites, one of the few spiders that I keep that had has a name. And it's funny because I, she immediately popped to mind when I was doing this list. And today, I went to go check on her. I took up, she's, I believe, in pre-molt right now. Took her enclosure out, opened the top of it, and she was in a burrow and came charging right out to meet me. Always does it. And I think for me, you'll see some of the spiders on this list are the ones that are more bold. They're not bold in a defensive way. Bold in a, when you come out, take their enclosure out, they come right out to meet you. I am talking about my Afonapelma calcotas or Arizona Blonde. Nikki, love that little spider. This is one I picked up. Oh, Lord. She was a sex juvenile about inch and three quarters. So she was already well started several years ago. I want to say eight, nine years ago. Right now, she's probably about three and a half inches. So that's how fast she's been growing, like really burning up the charts as far as growth. When I first got her, she was the most timid spider I had in my collection. She burrowed immediately in the enclosure. I had her in one of those AMAC boxes. It's like four and a half, four and a half by like five deep or six deep, whatever it is. And she had 
dug all the way down, and I used to have to give her pre-kill because anytime I dropped something in there that was alive, she would get scared, slap it away, wouldn't eat it. So I'd pre-kill it, leave it there overnight, and she'd eat it. Well, now that those days are gone. She is bold as can be. She's, like I said earlier, a spider that when I open up the enclosure will come out to greet me, has no fear whatsoever. And I know this isn't true, but with the spiders that are bold, in my mind, it almost seems like they're more alert and more, I hate to use the word intelligent, this is anthropomorphizing. 101, I want to make that very, very clear, and I know it's not true, but it's something I can't help but shake. When you open the enclosure and they come out the meat, it's like, oh, they want to say hi, which is obviously not the case. But it does make them, to me, just more interesting and more fun. She got the name Nikki. I think I've explained it before because she had the hugest booty on her for the longest time. Right now, she's got a big booty, too. If you've ever seen a Fauna Pelmas, they can really chunk up a bit. And she had this big, 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 big abdomen, and I named her after Nicki Minaj. There you go. I just thought it was funny. We saw Nicki Minaj in a video, and I was like, oh, look at Nikki. I like that. So that's where she got her name from, and just love the spider. And I have to admit, the Afonopelma calcotas, I avoided the species for quite some time, only because I, I think I had this thing where if they were local to the United States, it's like, ah, eh, that's not exotic enough. But boy, was I missing out. Love the spiders. I have another little sling that I picked up from Dinky Reptiles several years ago. They were, I think, second in star and that one now is actually showing some adult colors already about an inch and I would say an inch and a half or so so that one's actually putting on some decent size overall I wonder I always wonder this I have a funny feeling Nikki was probably wild caught I hate to say but I have a funny feeling that's where she came from she I think I've explained before for three straight years she would bury herself almost to the date, like in late October, and then pop up again almost the same date, like early April. One time it was like three, two times in a row, two years in a row, it was like the same exact date, like April 3rd or something. And that was like the, that would definitely be wild caught behavior because that would be something they would do in the wild. They would burial themselves during the drier, colder winter months. But um, I often wonder if the wild caught ones grow more slowly. It's always been something in my mind because I have had some wild caught specimens in the past. And then I've got some captive bred ones and the captive bred ones seem to grow a little more quickly. Who knows? Just some speculation. But Nikki, definitely one of my favorites. Always brings a smile on my face when I see her. And one of the ones that my family knows because obviously she has a name. So they're always asking about her as well. So number 13, I put one of my, this one I picked up years ago because I saw a picture of it online. It was when I was on my Brocky Pelma kick and I saw B, I love B Smithy. And quite frankly, B Smithy was almost on this list. I have two B Smithies that I absolutely adore. They're just stunning. However, this one here, again, one of the only spiders I have that I've named. When I first saw it, it immediately, I don't know, it reminded me of Candy Corn or Halloween or something, the markings on it, but mostly jet black with the bright red and orange on their knees. Gorgeous spiders. I'm talking about Autumn, my Brachypelma auratum, or Mexican Flame Knee. Picked this one up as a teeny tiny sling about eight years ago now, and she took four ever to put on size like I remember finally at one point she molted and I think it was around an inch and a half or so and I could finally see just some phantom shades of those colors she would sport as an adult and I was so excited and then she did what most spiders do after they get further and further away from their molt she dulled out and I'm like did I ever see it because she just looks brown now but she doesn't look brown now she just molted again about a month and a half ago and looks stunning good sized spider gangly more gangly than most of my brachypelma species and it's funny because this was one of the spiders that when I posted pictures of her online, this was after I had sexed her. It was it was definitely a female. And I had folks come on and go, that's a male. Look at it. It's gangly. That's a male. I think you sexed her wrong. I'm like, no, I sexed her out using her mole. It's a female. She's always been a little bit more leggy than some of my other Brachypelma species. She's also a lot more skittish than my other Brachypelma species, which is kind of... I don't want to say kind of a shame. She's got spunk, but she was one that I honestly thought once she put on size would calm down as a sling. She wasn't that bad. And as she got older, juvenile stage, very, very skittish. Right now, if I open up her enclosure, she'll sometimes bolt around. She's one of the few I have to worry about actually bolting out of the enclosure. She'll come up and out of it. But I don't care. She's gorgeous. I love every time she molts. I love trying to get good pictures of those knees popping against that dark back coloration. Just a wonderful spider and one that... I, it was well worth the wait to see those colors. I, I'm glad I got a female. Quite frankly, if it was a male, I'd probably be a little sad because it took so long to get her to this point. But a spider that sometimes you buy spiders, and there's a couple on this list, a couple tarantulas that I picked up, and I knew it was going to be a long haul before they were adults. I have a couple other ones that I'm still undecided on. I'm looking at some of my Afonopelma species over here who refuse to grow. I got a funny feeling once they get their adult colors, I might change because you get frustrated sometimes. You pick them up, and you see these pictures. 
pictures of these big, beautiful adults. And years go by, and it's like, all right, I've had them for five years, still no color left. So sometimes it kind of takes the luster off of them a bit for a little while. But usually once they finally pick up those adult colors, it's all worth the wait. She definitely was. She, I actually have to say I never really got frustrated with her. I knew it was going to be a long haul, and I just waited with excitement every time she molted to see if any of those colors showed up. They're there now. She's big. She's gorgeous. Her last molt was around five and a quarter inch or so. She's probably close to five and a half, maybe six inches. Big girl, beautiful girl. Brocky Palmore Rodham, Autumn, love that spider. The next one on my list is one of the newer ones. I believe Billy picked these up for me from Tom Patterson, or this one up for me from Tom Patterson. I want to say three years ago. I believe it was before the pandemic. That whole pandemic thing has got me so screwed up because I think I blocked two years out of my my mind. Like I get sometimes I go back and I'm like, what happened? 2021. What happened that year? Um. Anyway, this one she picked up for me. We had seen pictures of her online. He, Tom Patterson was showing them off. I believe he was the first person to breed them in the United States. They were stunning. And I was like, man, it's a beautiful spider. And Billy's always paying attention when I say that. So she picked up a bunch of spiders. This was one of them. I very much enjoyed growing it up. I am talking about my Citharacanthus Cyanius or Cyanius or the Cuban Orange Violet Dwarf, I believe is the common name. Absolutely love this spider. I posted a picture up at Instagram a little ways back. It's previous molt, and the colors are just amazing. It just looks made. It looks pretend. It doesn't look like a spider that should exist with those orangey colors and the violet kind of on it. Just a neat looking spider. I've definitely grown to appreciate dwarfs more. I used to avoid dwarfs. I've mentioned this many times. Like for me, it was like, if you're going to get a big spider, if you're going to get a tarantula, the idea is to get a big spider, not one that looks like you could be confused with a house spider. But this one is just stunning. Now, sadly, a little story to share. I was convinced this one was a female because I posted a video up. I did not have a molt that I could sex and at every attempt I mean I'm not particularly great at ventral sexing and I didn't get any good ventral shots of this one so I posted a video up on YouTube and asked people to chime in I, I said the size of it I had heard they only get to be about three or four inches max this one was already about three and a half inches and some people chimed in and go oh yeah at that size that's definitely a female definitely a female well, <laughs> I bet you everybody knows where this one's going. She went into pre-molt, buried herself for quite a while, and I've noticed that when spiders make that final transition to their final ultimate molt, when males go into their ultimate molt, they sometimes the pre-molt period is particularly long. Her pre-molt period was very, very long, and the other day, she I saw she finally opened up her burrow. I shined the flashlight down and was met with hooks, and I was like heartbroken. I thought for sure I was getting a lady, so I'm definitely going to be picking up more slings of this one. I want a female in my collection. They are gorgeous. They are stunning. I still love this guy. He's still going to be my favorite. I I was just talking to Billy about it. I'm probably going to find somewhere to send him off the breed, but it's going to be a tough one because I love the spider. I would almost like to keep this one till he passes away, but we'll see if I can find something. Maybe I can do a trade and get a couple slings out of it. That would be great. But anyway, gorgeous spider. Loving. I'm definitely, as I get older and spend more time in the collection, I'm appreciating the dwarfs. I love the dwarfs now. I have no issue with dwarfs anymore. And I actually start looking for dwarfs because with limited space now, with the number of tarantulas I currently keep, dwarfs, you can set them up in something that doesn't take up a lot of room and make a really nice enclosure with them. And I love that because they, they kind of save space. And they're gorgeous little spiders. My Davis Penaloris just molted. I saw her today out for the first time in weeks. And my lord, that's a stunning spider. If I had seen that before I started this list, she might have made it on it because suddenly, and big too, big. Like We just jumped from Sea Cyanus to Davis. But anyway, whatever. Beautiful spiders. Love the dwarfs. And this one's easily one of my favorite dwarf species I have. So fingers crossed. I'll see if I can find somebody that's going to breed them that I can send the mail to. If not, I will keep him and definitely be on the lookout, pick up some slings so I can raise them up again. But easily one of my favorite spiders in my collection the Citharacanthus, Cyanus, Cuban, Orange, Violet, Dwarf, awesome spiders. I think Tom Patterson has some for sure. I almost picked one another sling up when I ordered from him, but I thought I had a female. So like a dingus, I didn't. So maybe I'll have to order from him again. Um, so, okay, take that back. Tom Patterson doesn't have them. I don't want people running out buying them all, but awesome, awesome spiders. Next one on the list, obviously, and let's get this out of the way. 
I love Formictip- Genus Formictipus. I love Genus Pisolotheria. I could fill an entire list of 40 tarantulas that I love with just those two genera of tarantula species from those two genera of tarantulas. So what I do when I make lists of these is I pick my all-time favorite at the moment. Like sometimes there's certain spiders I just absolutely adore. This one, we're looking less at the species and more at particular spiders. And this one has been a favorite for a long, long time. I'm sure people are probably going to guess it. It's one of the ones where they just, I have two females, so I don't know which female I like better. I love them both. I know I said it's particular spiders, but I love both females. They just molted again, and I have a lot of folks ask me, do they lose their color when they get older? No, they don't. The two females just molted. The molts were over eight inches, around the eight inch mark, just over eight inches. So I'm guessing they're, pro- they're probably close to eight and a half, nine inches now. I love the color purple. I love the color violet. I cannot get enough. We talked about blue where it's like, all right, I love blue, but I've seen a lot of blue spiders. Purple, not as much. So I am talking about, of course, the Formictopus species Dominican purple, which I like to call them Dominican violet because they were originally sold as caudus violets, but I believe the name everybody's accepting now is Dominican purple. Love these spiders. The nice thing is you're seeing them out there more and more now, and I have a lot of folks that send me pictures of theirs like, hey, look at mine. I picked this up after seeing yours. It's like four inches now. It's showing the purple. They are stunning. They both went through a phase where they were a little more pinkish in the carapace. It was almost like a fuchsia carapace with this bright purple. Really beautiful spiders. And then as they get older, they get darker, but the purple doesn't go away. In normal light, their carapace is going to look like a deep violet. Their legs are going to almost look black. And then you get a little light on them and those legs pop with those purples. There is just nothing like an eight, eight and a half inch giant purple spider. Now mine, we all talk about, or a lot of people talk about how Formictopus, they are known for being rather defensive and flighty and skittish. And I have very, very, very good luck with the vast majority of my Formictopus species. As a matter of fact, most of them are like pet rocks. I take their enclosures out. I open them up. They just sit there. The only time I get threat postures out of them is if I startle them with prey. I have received some impressive threat postures where they fall over on their backs and their legs are out and they're sprawled out because I drop a cricket in and the cricket kind of wakes them up from their little like standby mode thing. But I've never had one go at me. I've never had one chase me. I never feel like it's directed towards me. I just startle the spider and it throws up a threat posture. These guys, a little bit different. They used to throw up some threat postures back in the day. Now I don't get so much threat postures, but they will bolt around their enclosures, so I have to be extra careful in feeding them. Uh, some spiders, I'm able to take the tops completely off the enclosures, do what I need to do. I don't have to really worry about them bolting out. These guys, I have to be a little more careful with that. But I don't care. They're gorgeous. And the last time they molted, both of them sat there and let me take a ton of pictures of them, which is great. So it seems like almost with this last molt, they have finally calmed down a bit. We'll see how it goes as time moves on. But they will always be one of my favorite Formictopus species because, again, I love Formictopus. I love the color purple. I love purple spiders. You put them together, it's just an amazing animal. So Formictopus species, Dominican purple awesome spiders. My two two girls, easily two of my favorite spiders in my entire collection. Next up is another spider I picked up from Tom Patterson. I believe it was my first order from him. And it was this was a species I was like, never seen these before. I want to give these a try. But it has rapidly become one of my favorites. Every time she molts, the colors get better. I was afraid. There was a period when I got her. She looked beautiful when I got her. And she was about, uh, I think, a three-inch sexed juvenile. She is now pushing eight inches or so. And I worried the last time she was in pre-molt that she was going to lose her colors and turn just overall brown. But she didn't. The colors, again, just get better and better with each molt. I'm talking about my Cerocopelma species, Santa Catalina. Picked up this female about eight years ago, seven years ago from Tom, and she is easily one of my favorite spiders in my collection. Just so unique looking. She has these like orange, amber markings on her that kind of spread down her legs each time she, she molts further and further. Like I said, right now, she's probably a leggy eight inches or so. And just the coloration, the size, the appearance, just such a unique looking spider. There's nothing like these guys out there. I'm kind of surprised they're not more popular, although I see them offered more and more and more. And I do know the last time I went to buy a sling, I kind of waited a little too long, went back and they sold out. So I think people are grabbing them up more and more. And I know I've been getting comments over the last several months on some of my older videos from people that are picking them up, which is great because I'd love to see them more established in the hobby. I need to pick up more Cerakopelma because again, as I said, I love the larger terrestrial species like the Xenestis, Panthamedius, Formictopus, Theraphosa, and these guys really fit the bill. I have mine currently 
in one of the primal cage enclosures, the big ones. And I gave her a bunch of substrate, enough room to burrow. She did a little burrowing under a cork bark, but she's out visible quite a bit. And her enclosure is on this, the shelves I have where I have LED lights above them. So when you kick those lights out, she'll sometimes come right out in the, in the light. And the colors are just amazing under the lights. Just beautiful, beautiful spider. Again, I love the larger ones and I love any of the larger ones that have unique colors. I bet there'll be ones on here later on. They don't, people probably give me a hard time for it, but that's something that just stands out. So Sarah Copelma species Santa Catalina has long been one of my favorite spiders in my collection. She still remains one of my favorite color, uh, spiders in my collection. And I think all in all, Sarah Copelma, that might be the next one I should probably take a look at. I got to make some more room first, but I would love to get more of the Sarah Copelma species, raise them up and get word out there because I think it would just, again, it'd be another alternative for folks who love those big, beautiful terrestrial spiders. So the next spider on the list I picked up a while back. Oh, God, five, uh, probably seven years ago now. I probably should have checked this. I'm seven or eight years ago. They were, the, the species had come out. It was brand new to the hobby. People were posting pictures of them all over the boards. People were going nuts over them. They started off the first time I tried to order some. Somebody got them in, and they were $450 for a sling. But after the second batch came out, more slings came out. Apparently, they were fairly easy to breed. They went down to about 250 or so. At that time, I ended up picking up this sexed female here, and boy, I was Glad I did. At the time, I was trying to get them specifically because there wasn't a lot of husbandry info out there for them. So I wanted to get some, grow them up. I've since grown up two males of and two females. But the one I'm talking about today is my old female. I'm talking about my girl Harpactera pulcropes or golden blue leg baboon. I've had this girl for quite some time. Absolutely adore her. Now, if you see pictures of Harpactera pulcropes, a lot of folks sadly will jack up all the levels on the pictures so it looks like their legs are like glowing and their bodies are glowing golden. They almost look like they're on fire. They're, you don't even need to do that. They're gorgeous spiders regardless. They have like this smoky blue gray coloration to their legs that can pop, especially on juveniles or after a fresh molt. The color on their bodies is, again, when juveniles is more of a reddish orange gold color. When they get older, my girl has dulled out a bit. She's, again, been an adult for quite some time. However, she's still stunning and she's an amazing spider. And if I were a person that held tarantulas, she would be one I'd be tempted to hold because she's very, very laid back. I remember when I first got these guys and I was really worried because, again, old world species, there wasn't a lot on them, but she has been pretty much gentle from day one, which is one of the reasons I love her. When I open up her enclosure, she has webbed up her enclosure completely. There's just blankets of webbing everywhere. And anytime I open up, she's just kind of like goes into a little, not a stress pose, but kind of just curls up a little bit in the corner and sits there. Very, very laid back. But then when I drop her items in, that hunting instinct comes out. She leaps on them, grabs up those crickets like crazy. It's amazing to watch. Just an awesome animal and easily one of my favorite in my collection because, again, I think I shared the story before. When I got them, they were on sale, and it was the end of summer. And back then, when I sometimes teachers get this thing called a balloon check where you work, you get a paycheck while you're actually in school. But for the summer, at the beginning of the summer, they basically give you this big lump sum of money that would be all the checks you would get over the course of the summer. And so what you have to do is be good with your money. You have to save it. But I always got a chunk that I got to spend on myself over the summer. And when this one was offered, there was a sale on it. They made the female almost, I think it was, she was cheaper than most people were selling slings for. I'm like, I can't miss this. So it was one of the few times in my life I put a spider on a credit card. I'm like, all right, I'm going to put her on this. I'll be getting paid again. I'd already used up all my summer money. So I had to wait a couple, like a month or so before I got paid my first paycheck. So I put her on a credit card, which somehow makes her extra special because I never, ever do that. But I'm glad I did because she grew up. She's a big, beautiful girl. I've had her for quite some time now. She's getting older. I'm getting worried because I don't know how these guys probably live about 10 to 12 years and she's probably, I'm guessing, about eight or so now. I'd have to double check. But love this girl, one that every time I have to do maintenance, I just you get that extra little fuzzy feeling with certain spiders. And that's one of the ones, when I pick her up, it's just like, man, that was so cool. And it was neat, too, because I was able to do a lot. Of, I did a lot of early husbandry videos on them when there wasn't a lot of stuff out there, which was fun for me. Because at that point, I'd been doing the Tom's Big Spider stuff for a while. I had kind of transitioned into doing the YouTube from the website. And it kind of gave me something I can go, all right, here's a kind of a trademark. Here's a spider not many people have right now. Here's what I'm doing for him. So my Harpactera pulcropes, golden blue leg baboon, adult female, absolutely love that spider. Easily one of my favorites in my collection. The next spider of this list, I have two of, and 
I, again, it's my favorite spider. These two, I just consider them twins. You can't split up twins, right? You can't pick a favorite twin. I don't know if they're related to each other or not. They're probably not. I have a funny feeling they were wild caught because when I picked them up, one was a juvenile about an inch and a half, inch and three quarters. The other one was about two and a half inches or so. And I've had them now for about nine years, I want to say. And they're a species you can't find in the United States. I, I've seen them offered and uh, two times. In both instances, it looked like it was a sham. One, I contacted the guy. Somebody else I was talking to contacted the guy selling them and he just dropped off the planet and stopped selling them. So I don't think they were the right species. But unfortunately, what happened with these guys is the females, apparently from what I've heard, the females are pulled were pulled out of the wild and nobody was pulling the males. Nobody gets males very often. So you don't see them paired. I have not seen them offered in the United States legitimately for many, many years, but they are one of my favorite all-time spiders. They make me so happy when I see them out and about. I'm talking about my Eucraticellus Pachypus, the stout leg baboon, I believe is the name. Oh my God, I love these girls. They are adorable. One of my big ones, the biggest one who has been an adult female for quite some time. And I have to say, I'm getting to the point in my collecting that a lot of my spiders are getting to old age. And I think this one was probably, like I said, a young adult when I got it. And that was years ago. So I don't know how much longer I have left with her. And I'm going to be so upset when this one passes because I don't think I can get them anymore. And they're one of my favorite spiders. And I, a lot of times I'll put these videos up of these guys and people get so mad at me because nobody can find them. But the e is just an amazing spider. There are baboons. They have these very, very thick back legs that they use for burrowing. When they burrow, I have two of them and both of them dig like vertical burrows. So most, a lot of tarantulas, they dig like diagonal bur burrows that go down from the opening. These guys will dig vertical ones and they use those back legs to power up and burst out from that burrow to grab prey items. I've seen ones blast out of those vertical burrows to grab crickets and then slowly go back to them. They are laid back as can be very shy. I've never seen a single defensive pose or threat out of them. They don't run when startled. I've never seen one run. If they get caught out in the open, they usually turn around and just very slowly go back to their burrows. Just the cutest little things in the world. I've always said that the giant back legs remind me of Pan, the or a satyr, one of those goat people. I don't know, between the their very unique appearance, their very gentle nature, they're smaller, I believe my largest is about four and a half inches or so, so smaller spiders, just wonderful. I really wish, I hope somebody manages to breed these or pair these, or if they're over in Europe, they somehow make their way to the United States because I absolutely need more of them. I need to raise these up for slings. If I had a number one breeding project, it would be these guys. I would love to produce more of them because I think that if there were more of them out there, they could be one of the more popular pet tarantulas in the entire hobby. And I honestly think they would be an easy pick for somebody's first old world. Actually, they might not be because they're so laid back. They almost wouldn't prepare you for an old world. The only thing they pack is obviously being old world. They have that nasty venom, but I haven't seen any signs or heard from people that have seen much signs of the defensiveness. So e Pachypus, both my two females, we'll call them the twins, easily two of my favorite spiders, definitely had to be on this list. The next spider on this list, I have a female who just molted out. I posted pictures of her up on Instagram, and I think I just did a rehousing video of her. But I was watching a video on YouTube, my world of spiders. He goes out and sees a lot of these guys in their natural habitat. And there was a bunch of them in an old tomb living in very close proximity to each other. Not, I wouldn't say full communal because they all seem to have their own areas, but they were eating millipedes. There was a lot of millipedes around. They were devouring these millipedes. So they probably, there was enough food for them not to attack each other, but was just enamored with them. And I managed to pick two up. Unfortunately, the first one ended up being a male, but my other one appears to be a female. I'm talking about my Chetapelma olivas or the black furry tarantula or the Middle Eastern tarantula or the Middle Eastern gold. There apparently are two versions of it, a jet black version and a more gold version. One of them, I guess, is more likely found in the north. One of them is more likely found in the south. There's a lot of conflicting reports on where the different species are from. But gorgeous spiders, one of the only European tarantulas. They are found in the island of Cyprus, so one of the few Euro true European tarantulas out there. Middle, They're found in the Middle East. They're found in Israel. Just I, I don't know. I found it very cool to have a spider that was from that area of the world. Plus, I try to get ones from each continent that has tarantulas, so that one fits the European one. But love this spider. This would be, I, I, there was a lot of debate about how large they get. 
Originally, I heard there were dwarfs, and somebody came on and went, oh, these get to be five or six inches. It sounds like they're around four inches is about right. My male matured out. He was probably about four inches. My female now is around the four-inch marker, so she might get a little bit bigger, but they're smaller spiders, which is awesome. But I don't know, again, if anybody's seen my Instagram page where I posted a picture up on this or the video. They, I thought it was going to be jet black. After its most recent molt, there's almost a bluish sheen to it. So when you get it under the light, there's a bluish tone, overall tone to its body which is just it was a, a very welcome surprise. I had no idea they were going to have any blue on them. And this one molted several weeks back and still is sporting. Sometimes they, right after a molt, they'll spiders or tarantulas will show off some colors that don't really stay that long. So sometimes you get them go, oh, look, there's some blue on it. And the, the tarantula hardens up, the blue goes away. This one, it stayed. So we'll see how long that lasts for. I'm sure as she gets further and further away from this molt, it'll darken up. It'll be more of a black. But still, it was stunning to kind of get her under the light, get the flash on and go, oh my gosh, there's some blue there. But love this spider. I just, like I said, just rehoused mine, and it was cool getting to show her off because one of those ones that it's very, they're fairly common now, it seems like. At least now it seems like most of the people are selling the gold version. I don't know how common the black version is, but they're very common, and they're not particularly expensive. They're easy to raise up. They're hardy. And again, if you watch the videos from World of Spiders, I would encourage everybody to look that one up if you haven't seen it already. I know it's pretty popular in the hobby because it's such cool footage, but definitely check it out. I think it kind of shows them in a new light and something you wouldn't normally see in a collection. Now, to be clear, would I try to keep these guys communally? No. As I said in that video, if you watch carefully, it looks like each spider has its own little area. They don't need to wander out that far from it. So I'm sure that if there wasn't as much food there with all those millipedes coming up and they had to go out searching for food there would be more friction there would be more probably predating on each other and cannibalism so I would not try keeping them together but I don't care they're gorgeous spiders I love them again I, the dwarfs have really grown on me over the years and I'm actually excited that this one is a smaller species and I, it'll be one of those ones I always have one in my collection but my female definitely one of my favorites right now love checking on her just went before I did this video went over and she was sitting right out in the open which was great because uh, they can burrow. A lot of them will burrow. Some of them will do some heavy webbing. Some of them like to get some nooks and crannies and stuff, but mine's been quite visible, which is great. So C. Olivosium, the black furry. Mine's, I guess, the black furry. Love this spider and easily one of my favorites. Now we're up to number six, and I will tell you there are three species in this genus, so let's see who can guess which genus I'm talking about. I love them all. I absolutely love them all, but there's one in particular that's been really, I don't know, they've been amazing to raise. I think part of it is because they've been on, they were on my wish list for so long that when I finally got them, it was just such a cool thing. I, one of those spiders I was checking on constantly, one of those spiders that when they go into pre-molt, I get extra excited. I'm dying to growing up. I am talking about my Theraphosa apophysis or Pinkfoot baboon. Now, let me make this very, very clear. I love Theraphosa sturmi. I love Theraphosa blondie. I struggled with which one to put. My blondies, my two female blondies just molted, and I am in awe of their size. They're gorgeous. They're fairly laid back. Honestly, it's one of those ones like a Formictopus or a piece Letheria where I could pick a number of spiders are my favorite. So what I'm doing is just picking the one that's really captivated me lately, and that would be my T apothesis. I think part of it is because I'm finally seeing some of that big size on them. One of mine is pushing eight inches now, my female, big, big girl, and I love the spider. They were on, this species was on my wish list for quite some time. If anybody watched my YouTube channel back in the day, there was one that I bought that was supposed to be an apothesis, and come to find out it was a sturmy, and I was so disappointed. Not that I don't love sturmy, but I already had a female sturmy and a male sturmy at the time, and I wanted an apothesis, and I didn't get one. Well, finally, they came over, and they've been fairly reasonably priced. The nice thing about the Theraphosa species is the prices have come down quite a bit since when I was first looking at them back in the day. But the Apophysis, there's something about they're so much more gangly than their cousins, the Sturmy or Blondie. They keep those pink feet for quite a while, which is a nice little touch. There's, I know we all have the big brown spider debate, which I don't care if it's a big brown spider. I, that never bothers me, but I know some people are like, ah, I'm just another big brown spider. And every once in a while, I post up videos of the apothesis, and you can see those little pink hairs that are all over. There's like an orange, it's an orangey brown with like a pinkish tone. They're not just brown spiders, but there's always somebody who comes on and goes, looks like a big brown spider to me. I'm like, eh, go away. But anyway, I love mine. I just rehoused both of them into larger enclosures. One of them is in one of the barbarous growth 10-gallon ones, and when I catch her out and about, she is just 
stunning. And she's fattening up big, so I'm thinking within a couple weeks or so, she'll probably go into pre-molt. This next molt's going to probably bring some massive size, and I can't wait to see what she looks like. So she's one of my favorites now. I love catching her out and about. I did give her room to burrow, and she took me up on it. She actually cleaned out. I gave her two different spots, cork bark hides, on both sides of the enclosure when I rehoused her, and she's actually done digging in both of them. So that's kind of neat, seeing their use both burrow areas. But she does kind of hide away more now. They, these guys have been a little more skittish than my Sturmy or, Ther- or my Theraphosa Blondie. The, even after they put on some size, they kind of would rather run. I haven't had a threat posture for any of them. I have had some hair kicking. Luckily, I haven't gotten any of the hairs on me, so it hasn't really bothered me too much. But they're just stunning spiders. And I've seen pictures. I, my female's my current favorite. Uh, the other one, I haven't sexed out yet. I believe it's probably a male. I'm kind of looking forward to it because I've seen males that are you know, 10, 11 inches, gangly as heck, and they're purple. How could you get any better than that? So if it does end up being male, and it is purple, and it is 9, 10, 11 inches, that might be jumping on the list as my favorite over the female. But anyway... Theraphosa apothesis, absolutely love them. I love all Theraphosa species. I almost had my blondie females on this. I don't know which one I would put on. I love them both. They are huge. They both just molted. They're over nine inches now. Just big, bulky, beautiful girls. But for this one, we're just going to go with apothesis. Again, I will probably change my mind as soon as I'm done with this and go, man, I should have put the blondie. But that's the quote unquote fun of doing these lists. So next up on my list, we're at number five now. I have Cryptodromus species Panama or Cryptodromus species Black Amelia. I love this little girl, another dwarf species. She's probably about three inches total. She just molted again, barely put on any size. So I'm guessing this is close to adult size would be about three, three and a half inches. But I've talked about this one quite a few times. I don't know what it is about this particular spider. It's, she's gorgeous. They get the name Black Amelia because they almost look like black, you know, darker versions of B Amelia. But I've just been enamored with this one from day one. She was a great eater. She grew fairly quickly. She picked up her adult colors fairly early on. She burrowed, but she's always visible. So, for example, I talked about earlier how I have certain spiders like Nikki that will run out to meet you when you open your enclosure. She is one of the ones that if I take her enclosure out, she's usually out in the open. And if I take her enclosure out, she'll usually sit out in the open or sometimes even kind of come even closer to invest. She is a ravenous eater, like absolute tears into crickets. I love watching her hunt because, again, she kind of almost looks like she should be in a fauna pelma or brachypelma species, but she hits like a formictopus. Like I've seen her run across the entire enclosure to grab crickets and subdue them to eat them, which has been great. She's just the cutest little thing. And I don't know, every once in a while, you just get a spider that you can't quite put your finger on why you like them so much. But I love this one and have for quite some time. I think part of it back in the day was the fact that I didn't see a lot of them out there. So I like the fact that I had something a little bit new and unique. But then as she got older, that novelty never wore off for me. She was just always this cool spider. Even as I started getting pictures from other folks that raised them up and people that had them a lot longer than I had mine. So it is one of those ones I wish more people would check out. I wish there were more of them out there. I will definitely have to try to get another one in the future. This is one of the spiders that I will always want one in my collection because they're just so darn cool. But I love this little girl. And again, I think part of it... it Back to the uh, Calcutta's Nikki, part of it is that fact that she's so inquisitive and bold that it just makes it seem like she's, again, I'm anthropomorphizing here. I want to make that very clear. But it almost gives that like air of intelligence to him. Like she's recognized, oh, here's Tom. He's coming to feed me. What do we got going here, Tom? So absolutely love that spider. Again, there's a theme. I'm surprised if I had done this years ago, I'm assuming. Obviously, I did do this years ago, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say there aren't going to be many dwarf species on that because that was kind of back during my time period where I was just starting to get into and appreciate dwarfs. But another dwarf species on this one, the Cryptodroma species Panama or Cryptodroma species Amelia Black. Wonderful, wonderful spider. If you see them for sale, I don't think the prices were all that high. They're probably cheaper in Europe because you guys tend to have everything over there and we import them, so it costs a lot more. But I would definitely encourage people to pick them up. All right, so number four, we're up to Pisolotheria. Again, just like I did with Formictopus, I could fill an entire list with Pisolotheria species, and it's always changing. I love P. Vitata. I love my P. Regalis female. She is huge now. I love my P. Rufalata females. They are green. They are gorgeous. One of them molted, and she's pushing nine inches now, so huge, beautiful, pokey. 
But there's one species in particular that is kind of really risen to the top for me. I think it's because I ignored them for so long because I'd seen pictures of them and I wasn't quite impressed, but I have two now. I'll give you a hint. There's a lowland form. There's a highland form. I'm talking about Pisolotheria subfusca, the lowland or highland. My highland, I got some photos of her recently and she has purple on her. So one thing that I like about these guys is I think, what is the common name? Isn't it like the ivory the ivory ornamental or something like that? Which I don't know where that comes from because you think ivory would be more white overall coloration, but they're darker in coloration, but it works. It's gorgeous. And I think that's why I'm so enamored with these guys now. And this one in particular is because they are a lot darker. I love that. And then the other thing is that purple was just, I love purple. It's kind of been a theme through this one. So when I got some pictures of her and I was trying to get up nice and close and she actually sat there for me and then that purple came out, it was just a mind blower. And I know a lot of Pistolotheria species will sport some of that purple on their carapace, which I always love, but to see some on their, their femurs, that was really cool, but I love the spider. Uh, one thing I've noticed, I, I mentioned last time I did uh, a rehousing video on these guys that they seem to be a smaller piece of Letheria species, and somebody chimed in and went, no, mine's seven inches. It's a good-sized piece of Letheria. I think they seem to be ga- more ganglier than some of my other pokies. So, for example, I have a seven-inch Vitata that's a much more bulky than these guys. Mine, at least, are more leggy and gangly, which is gorgeous. Again, adds to their appeal, but I, I the pick between the Highland and Lowland, I'm going Highland only because I have that picture with the purple. I love both of them. They're right next to each other. I check on them constantly. They're probably sick of me. Before I did this video, I walked over and two of them were up, or one of them was up. It was my Highland. was right up against the glass spread out. I got a good measurement on her, six and three quarters inches. So that's a big spider, but again, more leggy than some of my other pokies. Now, mine used to be very, both of them, very, very shy and did a lot of burrowing very late on. A lot of Pistolotheria, obviously, as slings will, will kind of do a little bit of burrowing, build dirt curtains behind the cork park instead of sitting on it like an arboreal. These guys had extensive tunnels. I had to dig one of them out when I rehoused. And when I set them up, I set them up in the magnetic top 8 by 8 by 12 acrylic type enclosures. And both of them immediately didn't go into the actual cork park rounding game. They went behind it and built like a den behind it. But lately, after their most recent molts, they've been much more visible, which has been great because I love seeing them out and about. And again, part of it with these spiders are the ones that you come up and you're like, oh my gosh, there it is. And you run over and you kind of marvel at it. And then you decide, hey, I'm going to try to get pictures of it. And you end up spooking the spider and sending it back in the burrow and get no pictures or video. So that's part of the fun for me is coming up here. Like when I came up earlier and she was right on the glass, that was awesome. So Pisolotheria subfusca, definitely. It's funny, the more species of pokies I keep as I get new ones, I start realizing why people love them so much. I remember back in the day, people talking about, you got to get Rufalata, they're gorgeous. And I saw pictures, I'm like, eh, they look okay. Then I got my Rufaladas, they started turning green. I'm like, holy mackerel, these are beautiful. Same thing with my piece of Fusca. I ignored them for a while. I finally got some before the Pokeban went in, in, into effect and it was more just so I could have them before that happened. And then when they grew up, I'm like, oh my gosh, I get it now. Because I'd have people come on and go, my favorite's of Fusca. I'm like, how can you like that? They're so dark and drab. I get it now. I totally get it. So Pisotheris of Fusca is my pick for my favorite pokey right now. My piece of Fusca Highland. Next one on the list, we're at number three, top three. This should come as no surprise that this spider is in the top three. I This was actually one of my first old world species. I picked up two. What I realized later on were very well started slings because after I bred these guys, I realized how small the slings were when they first start. They were like a half inch, maybe a little smaller. The ones I got were around the inch mark, an inch and a quarter. So they were well, well started, but immediately became two of my favorite spiders partially because they look so darn cool. They're sleek and leggy and kind of sharp looking and partially because they're orange and I love the color orange. I am talking about kind of our trademark spider, the one that shows up on a lot of Tom's Big Spiders logos, the Orphanacus philippinus or the Philippine tangerine. Absolutely love them. I have two females that are offspring from my original female who unfortunately passed away. I shared the story before where I took the egg sac away from her and unfortunately she stopped eating. She wasn't drinking. She made a new egg sac, which she carried around with her until she died. And when we opened up, it was filled with dirt. It was just heartbreaking. It was like talking about because I felt so bad for her. But I have two beautiful females from her. And I'm again reminded of just how gorgeous these guys are, especially when they're around the three to five inch mark. When they get a little older, the orange will show up after a molt, but they tend to kind of tan out a little bit. They're not as vibrant. But my Lord, when they are like in that three inch stage, they are just stunning. I took a picture of one of these and posted it up. And somebody goes, man, you really 
blew out the uh, levels on that one to get it to pop up. I didn't touch the levels at all. As a matter of fact, it wasn't quite as bright as it actually appeared in real life. They are gorgeous. This deep reddish tangerine orange color. The, my two that I have now are very laid back which is great. The original two females I had were definitely fossorial tarantulas, but they'd be out and about every once in a while. But when they caught out in the open, you could get a threat posture on them. They would run around and scramble if they were startled. These two girls just sit there and they eat like machines. They're laid back. They pose for pictures, which is great because I have more pictures of this spider on my phone. I set them up in enclosures that had that bright green moss in it. And when you get that orange against that bright green moss, it just makes the orange pop. So I love going in there getting pictures of them sitting on the moss, just laying out. But love the species. We'll always have them in my collection. I thought about changing my logo a while back to a different spider, but it's just been the Ophilopinus for so long. The only other spider I've switched it off with, because again, I like orange, I like purple, was my Dominican purples. I had that for a little while. So there's always a purple version and an orange version, but I usually go with the orange version. That's been my thing for quite a few years, but it, it would be weird to switch it out now. But Oh, Philippines, I love these. Again, I'm just, I'm calling them the twins. I'm, I can't pick one over the other. They're both amazing. They're beautiful. They eat great. They're out in the open. They're super photogenic. They just go out there and pose for me. It's fantastic. And the Ophilopinus will always be one of my absolute favorite tarantulas. All right, so we're, now we're at number two and a spider that if anybody's been listening to I think I covered it in the podcast, but I also did a video on it where I gushed over it. This spider was one I got as a freebie many years ago, seven, eight years ago. And at the time, I was kind of not into brackies. I was doing picking up a lot of old worlds, and somebody's like, hey, I'm going to send you these. I'm like, oh, good, okay. And I looked it up, I'm like, all right, well, that looks... Nice. I was so, I, I hate to admit it, I just was not particularly interested in it. I got this one and I got a Brachypelma baby. And I grew them up and as it started putting on color and I was like, wow, actually this is kind of a neat looking tarantula. And then it finally had the molt where it really picked up its adult colors. And I'm like, oh my God, boy, was I wrong. And from that moment on, it's been easily one of my favorite tarantulas. If there's an heir to the queen right now, I'm always looking for that spider that's going to kind of give me that same feeling of the queen was. I mean, the queen just sat there. She was a pet rock. Let's call it as it is for 25 years. She didn't do a heck of a lot, but I love that. And I love that she was always out in the open and sitting there and gentle and non-threatening. That spider was huge and instrumental in getting me over my fear of spiders because she was such a good girl. But there's two species or two specimens right now that are, I don't know, they might just be co-captains as far as my collection is concerned, but the Brachypelma Colossi or Mexican pink that I have, I adore this female. Pictures don't do them justice. I've had other people say the same thing. They're like, yeah, I see pictures of them online. It's like, eh, it looks like kind of tan and, and chocolate brown. When you see them in per person, they're gorgeous. And this one, not only is she big, she's beautiful. She's laid back, great eater, always out in the open, always visible. And I'm glad because she's stunning. And sadly, these guys don't seem to be particularly common around here. Now with Mexico, them closing down Mexico borders, we can't get specimen or species out of Mexico again, even though we were doing it before, supposedly legally. I'm really worried we're going to have a hard time finding these, and that's a shame because they're just so darn good, at least finding them in the U.S. I'm assuming other countries will be able to still get them. Just a gorgeous spider and has easily become one of my all-time favorites in my collection. If if I did, you know, back in the day, if anybody asked me, you can only keep one tarantula, what's it going to be? It would be the queen, my grandma Stella Rosea back in the day, poor Terry. Absolutely love that girl. Well, this one here is in that league now as far as just, I don't know if I ever like got rid of the collection and just when I'm just going to hold on to a couple, she would be one of the ones I'd hold on to. And, and again, I think hopefully folks out there appreciate, I know there's going to be folks like, oh my God, I'm so shocked. You can't kind of control which ones you just kind of gravitate towards and which ones you like. And I think this is one that I never would have seen coming again when I first got her. I had some people, it, it was sad because I would say, oh, yeah, I have a B-Classy. Oh, my God, I love my B-Classy. And I was like, okay, well, that's great for you. And mine's okay. I mean, I didn't dislike her. It was just really didn't do anything for me. Once she grew up, became an adult, my God, I get it now. So if you find these guys, especially if you're in the United States and there's people selling them with the crackdown on the, the fact that we're not going to be able to import from Mexico, it looks like for the foreseeable future, if not forever, that's going to make them very difficult to come by. I would grab them up. Yes, they take a while to grow. It took probably four years for her to start showing some adult colors, maybe even longer. But like we said with the aforementioned B.R. Rodham, my Lord, is it worth it. So Brocky Palma Classy Mexican Pink I had as my number two. I was comfortable putting that as my number two. I stick with that one as far as one of my favorite just individual tarantulas in my collection. 
All right, so now we're at number one, and I'm sure, I don't know, I originally thought, oh my gosh, people are going to find this one so obvious because I talk about these guys all the time and say they're one of my favorite species, and one of my girls is easily my favorite. Like I just love this spider, but I, looking through this list now, I see a lot of glaring omissions of spiders that I've put on lists in the past that I absolutely adore that aren't on it, so maybe it's not so obvious, but this spider was one, it was when I first started doing my research for tarantulas, and looking at, at that time I was looking at kind of the beginner species this one popped up and there was just something about it I saw pictures of it pictures of big beefy females and just looked like a stunning spider so I way back in the day picked up two teeny there at the time they were the smallest slings I'd ever had they were probably right around I would say a quarter of an inch to a third of an inch or so and I opened them up and I'm like what am I going to do with these things back in the day I was keeping them in the Jamie's enclosures the sling enclosures the little amac boxes like two and a half inches two and a half inches by three inches tall, whatever it is, you know, the little boxes. And I set a little thing up with them, put some substrate in the bottom, put them in there. And I didn't even have prey small enough for them. I was pre-killing red runner roaches because the red runner roaches I was buying at that time, even just the nymphs were too big. And they would eat a little bit, they fatten up and they molted and then they molted again. And then both of them right around, I would say, October buried themselves and disappeared. And I didn't see them for almost seven months. And I was thoroughly convinced these two containers sat on my shelves collecting dust didn't see any spiders. I'd moistened down one corner of the substrate just in case they came out and needed a drink. I'd missed a little bit just in case they came out at night. Nothing, 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 nothing. I was totally convinced they were dead and was fully prepared to dig them up to see if I could find them. And then finally, almost like clockwork, they both came out at the same time and amazingly hadn't put on any size. They weren't in pre-molt. It didn't look like they were in pre-molt. And if they were, they didn't put on a lot of size. And then they immediately started eating again. And I was so relieved because I was dying to grow these spiders up. I thought I had killed them. And fast forward, one of them ended up being a mature male. I sent that one off the pair. The other one is a big, beautiful female now. She's about six inches and easily one of my favorites, if not my favorite spider in my collection. This is the one I've been talking to. It's kind of the heir apparent to the queen as well. If you haven't guessed it, I'm talking about my Grandma Stola Polkrapes or Chaco Golden Knee. I currently, I've had four of them at a time. The male I obviously sent off. I now have three females. I love them all, but my big female, if I have to pick one, is my favorite. She's in one of the European arachnocyst enclosures. Great visibility. She just sits there. She's a pet rock right now. Let's see. I'm looking behind me. She's sitting in the same place she was sitting in probably last week. But I love the look of they eat great. They're gorgeous. They're laid back. If I'm being honest, I might have had one of them in my hand a couple of years back. It, it would crawled out and just crawled right into my hand. And I normally, do, again, I'm not a proponent of handling. I know I shouldn't have done it, but I just, it was neat to have it come in. I had it in my hand, took a couple of pictures and sent Billy and put it right back in its enclosure. But I love these guys. I love them for beginner species. I love them. I'm an advanced keeper. I would say if there's such thing, I've kept just about everything you can keep. And I love them. I absolutely adore them. This is, again, if it came down to I could only keep one tarantula, it would be me sitting there probably crying, trying to figure out if I'm keeping this one or my Clozzy. But I think this one would win out right now. I've just always had a soft spot in my heart for polka peas. And when people come on, they'll go, oh, sometimes say things like, oh, I picked up a G polka peas. I know it's kind of boring. Nope, love them. Absolutely love them. Easily might be my favorite species if I had to pick one, oddly enough. I just don't know what it is about. And I'm hoping people can, maybe somebody can articulate that feeling when you just, you can't put your finger on it, but you just love that spider. Whether, you know, it could be a brown spider. It could be one like this one that's mostly brown, maybe some purple on the carapace, that gold on the knees. There's just something about them that you love. But Grandma Stole Polka Peas, Easily one of my top three favorite species, if not my top favorite species, and my female Grandma Stola Polker Peas, maybe not easily. Brachypelma classy is kind of chomping at her heels, but I would say right now a pretty easy selection for my favorite spider in my collection. So that's my list. Now what I'm going to do is, uh, well, you won't hear it here, but I'm going to go back and try to see what I put originally when I first did this list and go through and just name it. And then we can all have a good laugh when I realize how many things I left off it that I probably would have included. So let's go see, this is, I'm going to obviously stop this and I'll probably spend the next half hour going through that list. But to you guys, it's going to seem like a second. Well, <laughs> that was interesting. Um, yeah, there's, this is an interesting one. A lot of, some of these guys were already on the list I did before. 
Um, some of them were not. Some of them I'm looking at going, I can't believe I don't have this on my list. I just realized that I have no Salmopeus species on this list, which is terrible. And the other thing I'm noticing is that with the original list, it was almost sounded like I was doing my favorite species. So this was a little different. The one I just did was like my individual specimens that I like. It may not be my favorite species. When I went back through the other one, I was talking more about species. So there's a difference right there. But here is the original list. And when I was thinking of some of these, some of these have unfortunately passed away. So they didn't make it to the list. It's not because I don't like the species. It's because I was thinking of my favorite spiders and they're no longer with me. So for example, number 15 was the P. murinus or the OBT. My girl was easily one of the favorite spiders in my collection. She passed recently at about 10 years old. Really bummed about that. But that was number 15. Number 14 was... The Chaco Golden, the, the Gramostola Pulcropies. So that one was on there. Number 13, Autumn, the BR Autumn. So those guys both went up a little bit. Number 12, my C Versicolor. I can't believe I didn't have a C Versicolor on this, but my female C Versicolor was easily one of my favorite tarantulas. And I think that's why she made it to the original list. And again, she passed away of old age. Bumba Harita. Woo. Ah, I can't believe I didn't have that on my list. Ex, oh, Bumba, ex Bumba Cabocla, it was back then, but I love the Bumba Harita. I've been trying to get word out for them for quite some time because they're awesome little spiders. Number 10 was Somopius Cambridgei. That probably should have still been on my list. My big female is still with me, pushing 10 years now. Big, beautiful girl. Love that spider. She just molted recently. Instead of dulling out, picked up more green. Number nine, my Nandu Trapepii. I love that big fluff ball. I don't know. <laughs> I love the girls still. I mean, this is why I hate doing these lists because right now I'm feeling guilty because these are spiders I absolutely adore. Number eight, Cerakopelma species Santa Catalina. Obviously, she was still on the list. Number seven, C. Cyanio pubicens. My two females I absolutely adored. They have since passed. Again, old age within like three months of each other. It was really weird. I do have a new sling I'm raising up or almost a juvenile. So that will probably be back on the list. Hopefully, I get a female. Number six, Orphanacus philippinus. Obviously, that's still on the list, and it moved up a bit. Number five, Pisolatheria rufalata, the red slate ornament, red slate ornamental, right? Hopefully, I got that one right. That was the last one I picked. I thought it was, I had in my mind it was the Indian ornamental, but I went with P. rufalata, and for the same reason I picked this one, it was one that I hadn't kept. I picked it up, and I was getting what all the buzz was about. Number four, Formictibus species Dominican purple, so that one... I guess dropped a little bit on the list. It really doesn't matter the order. Number three, Harpactera pulcropies. And in that video, I said this species would probably never leave my top three. And she dropped a bit and I feel bad. Now, I still love her to death. I don't know. They're all my favorites. Number two was Theraphosa sturmi. And number one was Monocentropus balfrey. I can't believe I didn't have balfrey on here. I love the balfrey. I have a female. I obviously have the five that are in the communal together, which I am actually giving thought to breaking up. Finally, they've been in there for a long time. I got to change the, the cage is getting kind of nasty. And I don't know if I want to put them back together after that. So we'll see how it goes, but I can't believe that one wasn't on it. So there we go. I already have list to regret and we haven't even finished the podcast. So it's always fun to do these. It's always fun to get upset after the fact when I leave out certain ones, but those would be my favorite. I would love to hear what your favorites are, your favorite individual spiders. Feel free to chime in on either Tom's Big Spiders podcast or .com or on, what is it, Spotify. You can leave comments on there. Now, I'd love to hear. That'd be kind of neat to hear everybody's favorite spiders. Those are mine. Maybe we'll do this again in another four years and see how it changes. The cool thing is when I did this list, I realized a lot of these spiders I didn't have yet or they were little teeny tiny slings. So obviously there was going to be some movement and then some of them passed away. So that's pretty much why the list changed and is the way it is. So that will do it for this one. As always, you can find me on YouTube. The last video I did was featuring my Formictopus cochleus vorax. And I did a review on those enclosures, the new ones, the authentic joy acrylic ones. I have had some folks chime in. Well, not some folks. One, folk, one person chimed in and said he doesn't think there's enough uh, ventilation in it. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. Right now, I have her in it. I think if you set them up as a as a fossorial, I think there is enough ventilation there for the most part. The door does have ventilation on it. There's some side ventilation, three of the sides. However, there's obviously the portion of it because you can set them up arboreally where there's no ventilation on it. So one corner won't. We'll have to play it by ear. Uh, so far, so good. I'll also be running a fan in here in the summer, so it'll keep airflow, but we'll have to keep an eye on that. And the Cochlear's Vorax was looking great, and I kind of lost my mind a bit because this was supposed to be an easy video to put together, and I was having so many problems. I accidentally recorded the intro with a bunch of negative space next to me, so I kind of had some fun and lost my mind a bit with that. So if you check that one out, I apologize in advance. It's a little goofy. 
That'll do it for this one, guys. As always, stay safe. We'll catch you all next time.